You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur. This is Gangadas from Radio Mayapur, the link to your heart from Mayapur. Welcome everybody. Today is another wonderful day. The sun is shining on our head and the beautiful bright color in Mayapur is astounding with beautiful clear sky. But uh, today we have a very wonderful person to do the podcasting. It's Vishwambar Prabhu, who is from the Mayapuris group and he's the... Uh, a wonderful devotees, 30 years old, 38 years old, and he's married, <clears throat> and uh, he has a father and mother. The mother is an Angamanjari. She is from Italy, I believe, uh, from Napoli. Yeah, that's Originally, but from, she grew up in the U.S. Okay, that's my same city. There's something in common here. <laughs> and his father is uh, Badra. He's from Gujarat, India. That's a beautiful place, wonderful people in Gujarat. And his wife is uh, Rinda Devi from Sweden. Danske. Tak, tak. Tak, tak. Oh, nice. And it's three beautiful, lovely children. And he's the lead singer of the Mayapuris. And here he's in Mayapur with us today. So I hope that he will remain in Mayapur with us and enrich our life with this beautiful kirtan. And nice uh, Mirdangas, which is learning from Bablu, our old friend, Kirtan, and uh, Mirdanga teacher. So Vishwambar Prabhu, you know, I'm so happy to see you today. And I would like to ask you, what make you uh, change the course of your life and take a decision to come to Mayapur, the holy land in the universe? Well, Ganga Prabhu, it's an honor to be here with you on Radio Mayapur and with Nityananda Ram Prabhu, who is behind the scenes here running this operation. Um, First of all, I want to beg the blessings of all the Mayapur Vasis, because if I know that it's only by their mercy that I can actually stay here. We've only been here six weeks so far, and uh, but it's feeling full of blessing, feeling full of... Uh, the invitation, Mahaprabhu's invitation, uh, has, has reached our hearts, has reached us. Absolutely. And we want to stay as long as we can. A big part of the decision for coming here was that myself and Vrinda, well, I, I spent time here as a kid, uh, in, in I do 96. remember you when you were small. <laughs> yeah, 96, 97. After Vrindavan Gurukul, I came, I stayed in Mayapur, and my memories here are just so, so wonderful, you know, the Ganga and the temple, and there was a big flood that year. And so I have these memories of Mayapur that have stayed with me. And I mean, we named our group Mayapuris right. because all three members of our group had all spent some time in Mayapur. So we felt this, we wanted to spread the glories of this, uh, this wonderful land. But, uh, 
basically why we're here now is because uh, me and my wife, we knew that we want our kids to also spend time in India. Nice. We've been bringing them up in America, in Alachua, Florida, which is a wonderful community and everything is just perfect there. Nice. So, but we knew that we wanted uh, them to be in Mayapur and to also share some of the experience that we had. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago bringing my son, he might've been three years old and we were riding around on a motorbike and I started saying Haribol, passing by people on the road and saying Haribol. And he just, his face brightened up. Oh, I can say Haribol to everybody <laughs> here in Mayapur? Yes, you can. <laughs> and, and so, uh, and my daughter's turning nine. So we thought now it's, it's now right. or never. Let's get to Mayapur now. Let's do this before it's the wonderful. teenage years hit. I'm sure you'll be here with us for a long time. And you got the blessing of Mahaprabhu, who is the most merciful. And the blessing of all the Vaishnavas are very, very eager to build up this wonderful uh, spiritual city. So you have been uh, with the Mayapuri for many, many years, from since inception, I believe. It's how many <laughs> years is it? Yeah, well, uh, in 2001, uh, Kish and Bali, who are my partners in Mayapuris, yes. uh, they're both brothers, and they had just come back from, my, from living in Mayapur in the Gurukul here. I was 17, I believe they were 14, 15, and we started doing... Uh, Murdunga demonstrations together for our community. And soon after that, we started getting invited to places internationally. And uh, in 2010, we recorded our first album. But right before that, we hit like six continents in one year. We went to six continents doing Kirtan. And it, it, there was this like, uh, there was this real um, revolution, I think, within the Is within ISKCON of Kirtan festivals, yes. kind of around 2008, nine, there was this like revolution of Kirtan festivals start suddenly started popping up all around and this focus on Kirtan. And at the same time, parallel to that, in the yoga scene, uh, Kirtan just really started to click with people and people started chanting right. and there was all these yoga music festivals happening like Bhakti Fest and things like that. And we kind of just kind of dropped in the scene and immediately started getting prime time on the main stages. And because of the vibrancy of what I would call, what I would say Mahaprabhu's Kirtan style, you know, Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of people doing Kirtan out there, but how many of them know about Mahaprabhu and his, and his, uh, his mood and the style and the dancing and the, wow. the dress. And so we, so we are able to come as we are wearing tilak, wearing dhoti and playing merdangas and just dropped in the scene. And uh, one of our, one of my mentors in that scene, Jayutal, who's a very fam famous Kirtan singer, he called us the, the young tigers of Kirtan. <laughs> so uh, that's beautiful. We're okay, not so now, young anymore. Listen, one thing at that time you were all not married, right? You yes. were traveling alone and we were free spirit, free birds traveling around the world. But then at a certain point, you know, you got, all three of you got married and then the logistic change. Now tell me what happened when you get married, because I saw some of your wife, I don't remember, some of them are dancers. Absolutely. And some of them, they help you singing and performing, which is beautiful. And mm -hmm. so what, what are the logistic changing when in a music group there is, now you get married and there's different responsibility in your life? One of the things that's kept us together all these years, now going on to 22 years, 
I would say, is our uh, dedication, our friendship with each other. First of all, our friendship with each other. And secondly, this, this real strong feeling that we have a mission, that we have a service to spread the glories of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu specifically. Um, and so whatever has come up, we've obviously grown, hopefully <laughs> matured a little bit, uh, three, three kids later in my case. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, we feel this strong uh, bond in that way. And luckily, all of our partners uh, have, are also so talented. I mean, Bali's married to Danya, who's the daughter of Javi Elan oh, Chester. She's, she's, she's a singer-songwriter herself. Um, my wife, Vrinda, is, uh, is trained in Bharatanatyam for many, many years. Um, she has a degree in, in, in it, actually. And she grew up with Kirtan and like that. So at least during that time, before we had kids, we were able to bring our wives along also. And they just became part of the, part of the presentation. Um, obviously, with kids now and Bali and Keish just this year and recently well. had <laughs> babies. And, yes. and so Bali's on his second and Keish just had his first. So uh, somehow I'm ahead of them with three. But um, I told them I'm just warming my Apoor up so that they can come. I'm just warming yeah, things up and eventually absolutely. we get them all over here. Uh, you know, our, our, uh, you know, traveling around the world and doing all that, it's been amazing. And we, I'm sure if Krishna pushes us to continue in that way, but we are working on music remotely. And really our heartfelt desire is to sit in the Bhajan Kutir and do Kirtan with each other wonderful, in the Bhajan Kutir. Our, that the response has been only positive from all, from all areas that we've gone to. The response has been very positive and one of the things we've seen uh, since we've been uh, in this kind of yoga, kirtan, music festival scene is that uh, a lot of people are chanting Hare Krishna mantra a lot more. Even other kirtan singers who may have, they may have avoided chanting Hare Krishna. They may have chanted <laughs> yeah, yeah, other yeah, yeah, mantras yeah, yeah. a lot. But, you know, the Hare Krishna mantra is the most joyful it Powerful. is anandam it's an ever-increasing you know ocean of bliss so i think that everyone has now begun to experience that more and more and you hear them chanting a lot more maha mantra you hear them uh singing melodies that you know either indra prabhu's melodies or like you know being inspired more and more and uh Many, one thing that I do regularly is I actually bring people to India once a year. I bring them on a pilgrimage. Nice. So we'll go on pilgrimage to, to some holy place and we'll immerse ourselves in bhakti practice. And from that, you know, then I get an opportunity to teach some japa and how to offer prasadam. And we put tilak on and we <laughs> chant Nishingadev prayers whenever we get in a vehicle. And like that, it's an immersive experience. And so many, many people are wanting to go deeper, you know, yoga is like this wonderful gateway. And then, the, and then when those that want more kirtan just opens up the world of bhakti to the heart through kirtan specifically, because kirtan, like I'm going to, like an example is like reggae music, right? Right. Bob Marley yes. revolutionized reggae music. Yes. And what happened with reggae music is because it's a music, there's also a lifestyle behind it, right? There's the dress, there's the dreadlocks, there's, you know, a certain way of acting, a certain way yes. of being. There's a lifestyle that comes along with it. 
the music itself is available to everyone. And those people that then want to go deeper into that, they can then start to practice the lifestyle. So similarly, I feel like Mayapuri specifically has, we've wanted to do that for Kirtan, to create Kirtan as something that anyone can listen to, anyone can appreciate, people can just enjoy. And at the same time, uh, if they want to go deeper, then there's a lifestyle and we dress the dress and we try to walk the walk as much as we can. Sure. And, and, and so when people start to show interest more and more, the, the music is a way that gets them into what's deeper than this. What is, or what is this feeling that I'm getting that is touching me, but I want to understand what it is and what it's about. And so over the years, we used to just do a lot of kirtan in the beginning but over the years, we've been invited more and more to speak at workshops and to present to other yoga teachers and, you know, in ashrams where the, the head of the ashram will invite us to speak to the audience and speak to his students or her students and share more and more. So that's been nice. very, very special. Let me ask a personal question to Shwamba Prabhu. At what point in your life? You have decided to be a devotee. I know that, too, you know, we are coming from Gurukul. I had two sons, you know, Gadadhar and Bhakta. Mm -hmm. And I never forced them, but we're trying to inspire our children. But at one point, I was telling my wife, the children that to choose themselves to be what they want to be. You know, that's the way my father trained, them, trained us. He said, okay, life is yours. You take your decision. I can only assist you. So at what point in your life you say, no, I want to be like this. I want to be a devotee. I want to do kirtan. I want to be, you know. Yeah. And we, how old you were at that time? Well, when I came out from Gurukul and when I moved from Mayapur, so I was about 14 when I left Mayapur, and I got, I got exposure to the Beatles and Led Zeppelin <laughs> and like rock and roll for the first time. Wow. And so I wanted, that's when I decided first that I want to do music. Like I wanted, I want to pursue music as a, as a career, but I, oh, for me, Kirtan and music were separate. You know, oh, Kirtan yes, is my yes. spiritual practice. And, and I've always been invited to, you know, as a Murdunga player, you're always invited to Kirtan because they need a drummer. So I'm always being invited. So I never lost a connection to Kirtan, but it was when I was 17 that, uh, I came to the Kumbh Mela. Wow. And I wanted to explore for myself, you know, is this the, is this the path that I want to choose? And coming to Kumbh Mela and seeing the open-mindedness of the Vedic culture, the inclusivity of Vedic culture, Beautiful. where there's a place for everyone. There's a place for the dreadlock babas who are wandering around naked. There's a place for the, 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 the shaktas, so to say. There's a place for even the Dalai Lama was there in 2001. Yes. And, you know, the Buddhists plugged in and everybody and the Vaishnavas and we were doing Harinams every day and, and sitting around fires all night chanting. And for me, it made it clear that it made it clear that I want to be part of the Vedic you know, like the, I choose this Vedic way of lifestyle, right. the Sanatan Dharma. I choose this. Right. And, and then, but still, I feel like I was still on the periphery of things. Like I was like a little, you know, there's so many paths within that, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, I, so I was trying to choose for myself. And fortunately, at the age of 19, uh, His Holiness Lokanath Maharaj took me under his wing yes. and he invited me to travel with him. And, uh, 
First, he invited me for a couple of months and a couple of months turned into five years and I Whoa. spent five years <laughs> traveling with him. So that's made me who I, whatever I do right now, I owe it to his association. Many people inspire you. Can you say a few of them who are really inspire you? Apart from Logan and Marat, you say yeah. that he took care of you for five years in traveling. But uh, any other before that and after that? Well, my mother's my first, uh, my first <laughs> guru. Uh, my mother, she played Murdanga. You know, she's a Prabhupada disciple and she played Murdanga. Uh, she was one of the well-known Murdanga players back in the 70s. <laughs> so when I was in her womb, she was playing Murdanga and she kind uh. of said she was subconsciously telling me that I better learn the beats. And uh, that was her desire for me when I come out, when I, when I was, and, and I feel fortunate that, you know, I've had her to guide me. And my father's one of my favorite Kirtan singers. He rocks it. He can go for hours and hours. He rocks it. And uh, I, uh, I have to give credit also to Badahari Prabhu because around that time when I was 17 and I wasn't exactly clear about which, you know, I want, I wanted to do music. And so he took me under his wing and uh, we started doing, and we made an album together when I was 17. So that was my first like experience recording, recording Kirtan. And uh, I think anyone that does Kirtan in the um, kind of our modern ISKCON era has to give credit to uh, Indra Prabhu. Another thing I was thinking, you know, is like, uh, of course, now you have three children, so yeah, it's really nice to so. create a platform that with with devotees, but you know, because people need psychological help, they need help. We need help with our emotions. We need help with uh, with with our body. You know, like health, physical health, emotional health, mental health. So it's really wonderful that with the spiritual teachings that obviously nourish the heart and the soul uh, through that then there's other other ways that we can access our heart more through these other, you know, these tools of counseling and yeah. exercise and, med you know, meditation or mindfulness or whatever. These are wonderful tools. And obviously one thing that they do so wonderfully, specifically on the wisdom of the sages, is, you know, taking ancient wisdom and how to apply that practically in our lives right now. I recently did a uh, I recently did a workshop with some youth in Sweden, and I really wanted to touch on some subjects that uh, just really practical and like be real with the young people. So we we were talking, we were taking various stories from the Ved, from the Vedic literature, and you know, like Vyasadeva and his depression. You know, because, you know, why the Bhagavatam came? Because he had depression or Durvasa Muni and his anger issues. Yes. You know, uh, you know, uh, Shiva, his, you know, sexual attraction to Mohini Murti or, yes. you know, like we were so just many. really touching on these very real topics that are, that we feel that might be Anartas in our own hearts and our own lives and how we can take the stories from the Bhagavatam and from the ancient Vedic scriptures and really apply and see how they dealt with those anartas or how those anartas were purified from them and through that also uh, deal with that in our own lives. And we are learning hearts. in a practical way how to overcome all this difficulty, which all the great sages and the great acharyas, they went through. And I feel and like uh, being real about it is really important.
like Absolutely. being honest about it and yes. finding, finding, like you were talking about Sangha, finding like-minded people, <clears throat> friends and comrades that I can actually open up to about Absolutely. my difficulties that I'm going to, because we see, I mean, so many, uh, you know, senior Vaishnavas who bottle it up a lot and yes, then, and then, explodes. and then it's, it's really unfortunate for, for, for everyone. I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to be critical, but I just want to be real that if we can find that association with others that we can be honest and truthful and, and open about, I mean, the loving exchanges is revealing one's mind and confidence and inquiring confidentially. These are the loving exchanges by, you know, told by Rupa Goswami. So if we can find that association that nourishes us in that way, where we can be honest with ourselves and be honest with others, then I feel that we'll all help each other. We'll all uplift each other. Absolutely. I believe Srila Prabhupada said that everyone should have a friend in Christian consciousness, because when we have problem, what do we do? We go to a friend and say, okay, look, I am in this situation. Maybe you can help me. Because you zoom out, you're not in the same soup where I am. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And so if somebody's really friend, is real well-wisher, they actually look into your problem and say, well, maybe you should do this. And then, then you say, okay, this is another door I never considered, and maybe I should go in this direction. And then your problem is solved. Because maybe Krishna put problem for us to overcome so we become strong on the path of bhakti and the path of devotional service. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're not wrong. You're absolutely so right. We all we are very fortunate in my book. We can have many, many, many friends, but very few close friends that we can go and and actually open our heart and we know that they will not tell anybody or they will not denigrate us or they'll not make a fun of us. Yeah. So this is very important in, for our growth. So how, how would you give uh, some advice for our listener how to approach uh, an higher principle life? How can we enrich our life through the process uh, you're going through? The advice that I've been given <clears throat> is that find those spiritual practices that nourish your being, that nourish my spiritual life. Find those and stick and, and stay as close as I can, stay as close as you can to those spiritual practices that nourish you, to those verses or those stories or that association that, 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 that feeds the spirit. And, um, there'll always be doubts. There'll always be some things that may not make sense. There may even be some, you know, quotes by Prabhupada that may, may or may not, you know, you may be struggling with. There may be some struggle. And like you said, those struggles are there for us to, to become stronger. And I would say it's not necessary to maybe focus too much on what isn't working or what isn't making sense, uh, but to find those things that are. Because through that, through that nourishment, through that reciprocation that Krishna, you know, he says that he'll that by as we approach him he'll reciprocate with us absolutely so and you just pointed to your heart you know there's yeah super soul within our heart will will guide us and what i found is that the practices that may have been more difficult like japa for me like i love kirtan i love chanting <laughs> kirtan i can do that for hours and hours but chanting japa you know just to sit with my beads and just my mind and recite this mantra over and over again and to you know really feel Krishna's connection, it took me, it's taken me, and it still takes me, <laughs> you know, it's a struggle. 
But I have found that because I stayed in the association of Kirtan and, and that service, automatic, gradually, gradually, the things that may have been, the practices that may have been more difficult for me have become easier. They, they start to, yeah. and you start to relish it and I start to miss it and I start to wa- look forward to it, you know? And uh, so. But what, I, what would be the advice to someone who just today listening for the first time and say, well, I like to be more spiritual. Where do I start from? Reading the Mahabharata is very complicated. Reading the Bhagavad Gita is 18,000 slogan, whatever. You know, for, what, what am I supposed to do? What would, well, what would be well, your advice? Well, I'm biased. And so <laughs> my advice would be that you take the Hare Krishna mantra and you just chant that as much as you can with an, and with it very, uh, uh, with intention. So if it's like, if you can chant it eight times, the mantra, uh, be, w- right when you wake up or, or, w- or, you know, when you just very simple practices. Um, but I think that if for me, the chanting is the, the way, the path, and the goal. It's the whole thing, yes, you know? So if yes. we can start to just take that mantra and apply it in our lives more and more, uh, we'll find we'll start to find magic happen all around us. That's nice. That's good advice. Okay, I want to ask you, how you balance your material life and spiritual life? Because let's say we are griasa, so we need some money, we need our house, we need some food for the kids and education, and we have to spend some money. And I don't know if you're very rich, maybe you are. Maybe no. your mother and father are so rich they can maintain you. I don't know. But uh, what's, what's the story? How you balance it yourself? Everybody has to find his own balance, of course. Yeah. But I'm just asking a personal question. Well, one of the reasons coming to Mayapur was that uh, financially it's a lot easier to be in India. Of course. And I don't have to hustle quite as much as I've been hustling over the last few years. And for me, COVID kind of put that into perspective that I want to be with my family more. I traveled so much. I was away from them for weeks and weeks, uh, you know, all, all the time, you know, and children. now, especially with three kids, uh, you know, I find, I feel a responsibility more. So rather than like me getting a job in America, which is something I probably, I've never had a job. I, I've been fortunate that I've, you know, um, that through traveling around specifically the yoga studios and the music festivals and, you know, having some music available online, you know, on Spotify and other places where people can stream, then there's always, there's a little bit that comes through. Uh, in no stretch would I ever say that I'm wealthy in, in a material way. But, you know, somehow or other, uh, the, the Krishna's, I'm wealthy in the sense that I've known my purpose ever since I was born. Like, you know, my parents put that intention before I was even born. And so I feel like that, 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 that clarity of purpose has kind of always been there in my life. And so everything that I do has just aligned for me to continue with that process. And um, I pray that everyone finds that in their life, that Absolutely. everyone finds their deepest purpose and is able to align everything else with that. And I mean, it's, it's a continuous struggle. I'm not saying it's easy. Um, I have to, you know, I'm constantly navigating and this part of coming here has been this navigation process, you know, where we can, uh, live off of, uh, very simply with, we don't need much to be here. Yes. And, uh, the little bit that I do have coming in can support 
uh, us to be here and my kids to immerse themselves in Vaishnav culture and for me and my wife to, you know, uh, be in this, in this wonderful land of Mayapur Dam. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a blessing. And, you know, uh, I think that the main thing for us is us, you know, continuing to have open, open and deep communication between me and my wife, because, uh, if I can maintain, you know, like you said, keep her happy, keep, keep our situation happy and then just keep things simple. And fortunately she doesn't demand too much from me That's you know, nice. besides my time. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> and I, I have a struggle giving it sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> I think you're a very sincere person and you have a very good attitude. I would say that how important uh, is an attitude for a devotee to become successful in his life? Just say, say something about attitude. Well, you know, uh, I think an added, just today I put an Instagram post up of, of, of saying that I feel grateful for the privilege of being able to chant two hours every day. I feel grateful for the privilege of being here. This, I think an attitude of gratitude, uh, because, uh, and, and I've heard this beautiful quote. I'm probably going to mess it up right now, but basically gratitude is when what I have is enough. Absolutely. You know, whatever that whatever I have is enough. Then I'm grateful for that as opposed to I want more and more and more. So I, I you know, and bhakti is that. It, it, everything that we do, I mean, we say a prayer to our gurus before we do anything. Thank you, guru. Thank you, Krishna. Thank you, Prabhupada. Thank you, the land of Mayapur. Thank you to the Vaishnavas. That attitude, then whatever I have that's coming to me, it's enough. It's just perfectly enough. And sometimes it's overflowing and more than enough. So I think we are coming to the conclusion of this podcast. Would you say, would you like to say any further things? Wow. We covered so many wonderful things and I'm just, uh, it's really nice to be here with you, Ganga Prabhu, and, and be part of Mayapur Radio, you know, Radio Mayapur. I'd like to thank you very much so much, uh, Vishwamba Prabhu. It's been a great interviewing you and I'm sure we'll get together again. Hare yeah. Krishna. Thank I'd you. like I'd like to just give a plug in for one second is that on uh, October 8th we have uh, Mayapuris have a new track coming out it's called Hey Jagannath and it'll be available on all streaming platforms so that's uh, 1008 1008 I forgot to day. ask to tell our listener where they can find your music Yeah um if you go to Spotify and you f- search Mayapuris uh or YouTube Mayapuris uh pretty much Apple Music any any streaming platforms I also have a group called The Hanumen that I perform with nice. Gorvani. So you can search that on most streaming platforms. But Mayapuris has a lot of content out there and we hope to keep producing more and sharing more. And uh, you can check me out on, uh, you know, Vishwambar Sait uh, on Facebook or uh, Visionary on uh, Instagram. That's beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you so much once again. Haribo. Haribo. Thank you so Haribo. much.